This is Sunday, September the 8th, and we are talking about dedicating the tabernacle and the priesthood out of Leviticus chapter 8. So this morning, or I would say last week, we started on this and started talking about um, what God had requested for a ceremony for them to dedicate the priesthood and the the, uh, tabernacle. There were three things that he said in Scripture back in the book of Exodus, and actually Exodus 28 and 41, three things that he said were going to happen to the priest. What were those three things from your notes from last week? Anoint. Consecrate. Yep. And what was the third one? Sanctify. So he says, that is what we're going to do to Aaron and his sons. Number one, we're going to anoint them. They are going to smear them with oil. We talked about that's what anoint meant. And that would appoint them to their position. That, the, uh, that, Moses, that Aaron and his sons would be the priest of the tabernacle. They were appointed by God for that position. He also said he would consecrate them. What did consecrate mean? To fill, yeah, to fill their hands. To give them the ability and the capability that not only had God called them and chosen them to be the priest, but he had given them the ability to do their job, to do their calling. And then the word sanctify meant to to set them apart for holy use. So that's what God said he was going to do. Now, we started with the first step of the dedication. It said that he was going to bring Aaron and his four sons in front of the congregation at the door of the tabernacle and that they were going to do these things and the first step was washing. So your homework this last week was to discover things about washing in the Bible. So what would y'all come up with? (laughs) Not a whole lot. A sign of humility. Okay. Humbleness. When I looked up the word washing, it told me to go to the word A-B-L-U-T-I-O-N. Ablution. Mm-hmm. And that was the ceremony washing with water to make oneself pure. Okay. In the Old Testament, it said ablutions were performed for cleansing from the impurity of an inferior or undesirable condition to prepare the person for uh, invitation into a higher, more desirable condition. 
becomes unclean, becoming clean involves ablution, washing practices. Okay. But then in the New Testament, it said the only washing commanded was that of baptism in Acts 22, 16 and 1 Corinthians 6, 11. Ephesians 5, 26 shows that the washing of baptism is not effective as a ritual in itself but only as it shows the working of God's word in the life of one baptized. Okay. Well, who, Jeanette? <laughs> All right. Anyone else? Is that what you wanted? That was good. That was good. Anybody else have anything to add to uh, Jeanette's speech over there? <laughs> <laughs> No, that was good. So in the Old Testament, people didn't bathe very often. It was not like they could just avail themselves of a bathtub or a shower like we do every morning or every night or if they went out and got hot and sweaty doing manual labor, that they couldn't just, oh, I'm going to go take a shower and refresh myself, and I'm going to smell better, and I'm going to feel better. Their water was scarce. And so they didn't put a top priority on washing. Um, Most of what was done in the Old Testament was more of a ritual cleansing for worship. Um, It was done not only for worship of Jehovah God, but even in some of the pagan religions, there was washing involved to get ready to worship their gods. Um, But our God, Jehovah, did make it a priority for the priest, and especially for this dedication ceremony, this very first time before they were ever in their job duties was we're going to bring them out in public and we are going to wash them. Now one thing to note about that is that they didn't wash themselves. It says in scripture that Moses washed them. It says in Leviticus chapter 8 and verse 6 it says Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. So they received a washing. They received a bath, but they didn't do it themselves. So when Linda brought up the fact that it was a humbling experience, can you imagine being in front of your peers and you're being bathed by someone else? We all kind of go, I don't think I would like that. But it was a humbling experience. It was something for the people that were watching it happen to think about. That these men, you know, are special. God has appointed them. He has called them and he has set them apart to be our spiritual leaders. They're going to be the men that are going to make sure that our sacrifices are done before God properly. And that God is contacted. We have a direct way 
to God now through these men that God has appointed. They're special. They're set apart. They're not the same as us anymore. They're, they're different because God has called them and anointed them and separated them and given them this ability to um, participate in ministry. And um, so there were several instances where washing as far as bathing is mentioned in the Old Testament. Um, there was uh, Pharaoh's daughter that went down to the Nile to wash, and that's where she found Moses. Now, she actually washed in the river. So that was an immersion or a bath like what we would think of getting into a tub and bathing. Um, Naaman had um, leprosy, and the slave girl told him, hey, contact the prophet, and I think the prophet will uh, do something to help you get better. And of course, his instructions to Naaman were to go wash in the River Jordan. Well, nobody wanted to go wash in the River Jordan. It was not a, a clean river, but he went and did it, and he was healed when he followed the prophet's word. But it was a, an immersion in water that he had to take there. Um, both Esther and Ruth are examples of someone who bathed uh, in preparation of being presented uh, to a future husband. Uh, Esther was to go in front of the king and she was bathed and she was oiled and she was perfumed and she was pampered for all of those months prior to going in front of the king to possibly be chosen for his new queen. And she was chosen. Um, Ruth was told to go bathe and to uh, perfume herself and present herself to... Um, to her for future groom. And she was chosen as his bride as well. There's another instance where there is someone bathing in the Old Testament, and that is Bathsheba. Does anybody know who Bathsheba was? Remember that story? Her bathing got somebody in a whole lot of trouble. She was the one that David was out on his rooftop and saw her bathing. Now, um, historians believe that the kind of bath that she took was not necessarily in a tub. That what they would do is they would take a container that had water in it because water was scarce and they had to uh, use it sparingly and it was poured over the body. So that's more than likely what David saw was her pouring water over herself. But those are instances where there is washing or bathing mentioned in the Old Testament. Now that was actual physical bathing to clean for um, um, to clean the physical body. But what happened with the priest? It was a prequel to. Uh, for their uh, worship, for their uh, real ritualistic purification and for worship, which Jeanette pointed out. There are many scriptures that refer to washing. And uh, turn to, let's see, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And we're going to look at verses 9 through 11.
1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 9 through 11. And would someone like to read that? So that tells us it lists off all of these sins, unrighteous works, unrighteous deeds that are done. And it says, you know, these unrighteous, the people that do these deeds that act this way are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And then it lists off this list. And it says, that's what some of you were. But then it goes on to tell us in verse 11, it says, but you were what? Washed. There was something that happened that changed you where you were no longer listed in these people. You were no longer a fornicator. You were no, no, no longer an idolater, an adulteress. Um, you didn't abuse yourself. You were not covetous. You didn't drink. Uh, there were lots of things that were listed, but hey, you don't do those things anymore because you have been washed. And it says, in the name of Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So there's God that provides a washing for people that turn to Him, that come to Him seeking salvation and a relationship with Him through Jesus. Turn over to Titus chapter 3. In verses 3 through 7. Titus chapter 3 and verses 3 through 7. And I pulled out one of those good books of the Bible that you have to really hunt for. <laughs> Stuck back there in the back. And it's very small, yeah. <laughs> and you can look over it really quickly when you're thumbing. Titus chapter 3 and then verses 3 through 7. sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared, 
not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That being justified by his grace, we shall be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So this scripture again gives us a list of these worldly behaviors, foolishness, disobedience, deception, that we gave into lust and pleasures, that we lived in anger and envy and we were hateful. But it says after that, God showed kindness and love through his son Jesus, not by anything that we did, but according to his mercy. He saved us, it says, by the washing of regeneration. We were made new through the washing that God provides for us. Again, remember, Aaron and his sons did not wash themselves. Moses washed them. They received that washing. And we as sinners, when we approach God, when we realize that there is a need for a Savior... And I think that's what the washing does is it prepares us. There is another scripture that tells us, um, and I'm trying to find it. Let's see. Yes, in Ephesians. And Jeanette, I think you mentioned the book of Ephesians and what you found. Ephesians 5, 26 and 27. It's talking about the bride the church that is going to be presented to Jesus, it says that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that it, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So this, it talks about being washed with water with the word. So if, how does God wash us? Now, Moses physically washed Aaron and his sons to prepare them for their appointment as priest, for their dedication. But how are we washed? How are we changed? Through the blood, but also it says here through the Word. How do we know we need a Savior? How do we know that we're dirty? If we're physically dirty, we know we need a bath because we stink, right? Well, it's the same thing. We realize when we hear the Word of God and we hear about the things that are not pleasing to God and we realize we're doing those things or we're speaking that way or we're doing these things and, hey, God's not pleased with that and that separates me from God. It lets me know that I need to be washed that I need to be changed, that something needs to happen. It prepares us. The Word makes us aware, and it prepares us for the sacrifice that Jesus gave His blood to save us. We have to have a knowledge. We have to know. We have to realize that there's something that needs to be changed in our lives. That's why Pastor Graham repeatedly tells us, if you'll just get them under the influence of the Word, 
And the word doesn't necessarily have to even be a message that's preached. It can be a song. It can be a testimony from somebody. It can even be something that you are showing through your life that you're living that sparks that interest in someone that, hey, something about me is just not right. And God will deal that with that person's heart and use that opening and they'll get to that place where they realize, I need to be cleansed. I need a change. I need to be washed. I need to be made pure. And the only way that happens is through the blood of Jesus. But we have to come to that knowledge first. There's something that has to prick in our hearts to let us know that we need that. So the Word of God and the knowledge that God provided a Savior and provided a sacrifice that would reconcile us to Him, that would make us pure and holy, and we could have that relationship with Him. When we realize that, that washing of the Word, it prepares us for the next step of this dedication. Now, our memory verse that we've been working on for weeks now, that verse 22 that's so hard that everybody struggles with, it tells us there, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. It talks about our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Our hearts have been pricked. We realize there's something that is not right in us, that there's that sin nature in us, that there's something that separates us from God. And it, it pricks us. And then we are washed by the water. And we're prepared to receive the blood, to receive His sacrifice that He gave. But that's part of that memory verse. I told you last week that that would have something to do with that, that being washed. We're also told in the book of Revelation. If you go to Revelation chapter 7. And verse 14. Revelation 7 and 14. So here's someone that is speaking. They're actually talking to John because then this is the uh, Apostle John when he's seeing his visions in the book of Revelation and they're speaking to him. And they tell him, he's asking, who is this group of people that I'm seeing? And they're telling him, these are the ones. They've come out of great tribulation. They have what? Washed their robes. And they have been made white in the blood of the Lamb. So the first step was the washing. It was that realization that you were sinful.
for them, it was a realization that they were dirty. They might have picked up dust or dirt uh, from just their daily life, and they needed to be washed before and be pure that way before they could ever go into God's tabernacle and used in His ministry. So for them, it was a washing of the dustiness. For us, it's that realization that we are sinful, that there's stuff that's attached to us from the world that we need to get rid of. So the first step was that washing, that realization that we need Jesus as our Savior. David prayed for God to wash him. In the book of Psalms, chapter 51, after he has sinned with Bathsheba and he took her, then had her husband called in for more, tried to get him to go home and be with his wife because she did conceive and he tried to cover the whole thing up. His, her husband refused to go into her. He slept outside the house that night. So he sent him back into war, put him on the front lines and made sure he was killed. That's a lot of sin for a man of God and a man after God's own heart but he fell. But then he prayed after all of that happened. He prayed in Psalms 51 and he says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. And listen what he says. Verse 2 says, he says, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin." For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. And then verse 7 says, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. But there got to be a problem throughout history. People started taking the ritualistic washing and they started using that and they continued to do those rituals, but their heart wasn't right. They would do the physical part, but they wouldn't do the spiritual part. They'd go through the motions, but their heart wasn't in it. How many people do we have that are like that today? Well, I go to church. I read my Bible sometimes. I might go to church, but I'm really thinking about everything I need to do after church or who I'm going to meet up with or where I'm going to eat lunch. And you know, I really don't participate and I don't do anything. And then I walk out and I'm exactly the same as when I went in. We don't open ourselves up to God, but we think we're okay. In the book of Jeremiah, God is speaking and He says, you've washed, it says, you, you've washed, and it uses a word that's called niter, N-I-T-R-E. And that was a type of solution that they used. I think it says it was effervescent, which means it bubbled. So they gave an example like if you put baking soda in water, and it'll bubble. I thought of Alka-Seltzer when I thought effervescence. You know, bubbles, but soda water is the same thing. It's got bubbles. It says you're washing with this. You are trying to cleanse yourself, and it says you are taking the much soap. 
2 and 22. It says you're washing with these bubbles and you're taking a lot of soap. And it says, yet thine iniquity is marked before me. That means your sin is deeply stained. God sees it. And that's what saith the Lord God. You're going through the ritual cleansing, but your heart is not right. We have to let God's Word change us. We have to let God's Word um, penetrate into our hearts and into our lives and change us where we need to be changed. We need to pay attention to what it says. Uh, in the book of Proverbs, and I want everybody to turn there before we uh, dismiss today. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 12. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 12. And it says there, it says, There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and yet is not washed from their filthiness. If that does not describe our world today, our generation, it's scary. We can see the Bible playing out right in front of our eyes. And maybe I shouldn't say scary. It should be a word exciting because we are seeing the Bible played out in front of our eyes. But it's scary for that generation that unfortunately they will not wake up. They are pure in their own eyes. They think everything they're doing is perfectly fine. They have got everything set up to their liking. But yet it says here they are not washed from their filthiness. There's too much of the world still wrapped up in them. They do just enough to get by. We, tell, we are told we have to give our all. 99 and a half won't do. I think Penny, Pastor Penny had a statement with the teenagers when she was working with them at one time, and it was like, 99 is not 100. It just won't do. It's got to be everything we've got devoted and consecrated and set apart for God to use. We've got to give Him our all and we've got to let His Word change us and wash us and keep us clean. So let's say a word of prayer as we are uh, finishing up today and before we go upstairs. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for your word today, Lord. Thank you, like I say almost every Sunday, that we can study, that we can get together at our freedom and at our liberty and discuss your word and to learn about you, 
to learn about your relationship that you want to have with your people, Lord. I pray that these words will sink deep in our spirits, God, about how your word changes us, that your word brings realization to us of our need for a Savior and our need for cleansing, God, not just one time, but many times, Lord, because we pick up things as we walk on our journey, Lord, and we allow things to attack us and get into us, and uh, sometimes we fall, Lord, but just help us to realize that you're an ever-loving, ever-merciful Savior, and that all we have to do is say, cleanse me again like David did. My sin is before me, but you can cleanse me and you will make me whiter than snow. And we can continue on with our journey with you, Lord. Don't let us be stubborn. Don't let us be the generation that doesn't turn to you and that tries to do it on our own. Lord, help us to keep our sins nailed to the cross and under your blood, Lord, that we can see you one day, Lord, and live with you forever. Lord, thank you for the provision that you made for us. Thank you for sending your son, for, shed, for him shedding his blood to provide reconciliation for us to you, Lord. Help us to ever be thankful and appreciative of that act, God, and to live worthy of that. Lord, have your way this morning. I want you to work in each one of these students' lives. I ask that you meet the needs, Lord, that's represented in their lives. You know deep down what each of them needs from you this morning, Lord. And I just pray you'll have your way in everything that's done. Help us to be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory that you are due. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So next week we will continue on in Leviticus chapter 8. We will talk about the second step in the uh, dedication of the priesthood. They were washed today. Next week, we will talk about that they are robed. So if you want to read on in the book of Leviticus chapter 8, you can uh, see that about how they are dressed and robed and put into their clothes that we have talked about that have been made. Um, Thank you all for being here today. I look forward to seeing you next Sunday.